This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. God is showing us uh, of who he is. We know him by his nomenclature. He lets us know what part of him we're dealing with. It's Jehovah hyphen something. Ladies, you did not begin the hyphenated name. God did. Amen. Jehovah Sitkanu. That's who we're dealing with today. Jehovah Sitkanu. We're going to be dealing with that, with him today and next week, God willing. But we're going to be in Jeremiah 23, 6 and Galatians 5, 16. I'm going to read to your hearing from the King James Version so that we may learn, study, to show ourselves approved unto God. Read and meditate on these scriptures so that the Lord, our righteousness, can show himself strong in our life. He knows of your proclivities. He knows what you did about an hour or a few hours ago was wrong. He has come for that, which is why he keeps washing our hands. He doesn't wash our hands once, twice. He washes our hands a lot, all day long. He's got the wipes out, ready to wipe Thank God, wiping our feet. You went to the wrong place. Now I got to wash your feet again. Walk ye therein. Go and what? Sin no more. Maybe he won't have to wash your hands and your feet and your head and your hands and everything else. My God. Look at Jeremiah 23, 6. It says, in his days, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. Jehovah Sidkenu, that's the one. Uh, so we want to look at now Galatians five sixteen. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. God, I thank you for these scriptures. I pray that your spirit will prevail, open up our minds, open the sinews, the deep, profound sinews of our mind, the core of our being. I pray you shake the ground, Father God, and cause a newness of life. Harrow the ground, shake it loose. There's some parts that have not been harrowed. It's the fallow ground in our soul. I pray you shake it up, Lord, and wake it up and break it up. (laughs) Come in with the former rain and let the soil be soaked with your presence and The germination of your seed of faith will happen. It will sprout. It will cause new life. It will begin to sprout and grow and germinate and grow, mature, and begin to have fruit-bearing. Hallelujah. We need the fruit-bearing stage to come on in our midst. Time out for not being even budded. My God, sometimes before the budding, there hasn't been any sprouting, hasn't been any germination, hasn't been any planting, hasn't been any, oh God, soil preparation, hasn't been any thought of a plan to have a crop of God's holiness. I pray we have all of that process to help us to mature. Walk therein and be glad to be in God's service one more time. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. And it's a day, a threshold of consecration. Let us rejoice, be happy about it. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. It's not just the edifice, but it's the ways of God, the people of God, behaving the way God have them 
to behave. Amen. That's the amen uh, coming in to uh, the holy way of God. We know you're able. Let us experience it and proclaim, decree and declare and define the way God does in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God. The Lord has many names for us to meditate on in his word and many names for us to cherish, to love from the bottom of our heart which enables us to, to uh, gain insight into the revelation of who he is. As that revelation broadens, so does our capacity to worship his person. We don't just worship the stuff of religion, but we are to come into the knowledge of the truth, having a right intimate relationship with him. He will, he will reveal himself to you. So our eternal purpose is best found as we dedicate our lives to truly worship him like that. Based on the scripture in Jeremiah, this message focuses on God as Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord, our righteousness. Thank God. As we fellowship with one accord during our modified spring Daniel fast for this year, let us all diligently seek after the person of Jesus Christ, who we must abide in forever. And his name now is Jehovah Sitkanu. What is Jeremiah 23 telling us in a nutshell? God expects the leaders of his people to be shepherds who love, guide, and care for them. But the shepherds in Judah at that time uh, were selfish. They were disloyal to God's covenant. In verses 1 through 8, we see the, uh, the revelation of how the leaders should have been dedicated to the righteousness of God. Uh, but they were instead taken over by selfishness and uh, did not protect or provide for the souls in their care. As a result, the people were scattered. It's what the devil does. He hits the head and scatters everyone else. But God gave his word through the prophet Jeremiah that one day his son, Jehovah Sitkanu, would gather them and establish his kingdom in righteousness. Not in flimflamsiness, right? But in righteousness. This shows us that the more we serve with the heart and mind of Jesus Christ, the better we will serve others in love. We have to do it with the heart and mind of Jesus Christ. When we start going after our own uh, innate sinful heart that we were born and shaped with, and we go back to what we're familiar with, we're going to lose it. Amen. We're not going to have a victorious life in Christ, in holiness. We're going to now begin to slip and slide and be wavery and go backwards unto perdition. You could go so far back that you go way back and be lost forever. You have to wake up, amen, and rise to the occasion. Put your hands back on the plow and move forward, forge forward in faith, amen. Jesus wants us looking forward. Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's the Messiah. He's our master. He's our rabbi. The teacher's always ahead. He causes us to look forward, amen. We got to do that. 
And when we don't, we're not going to serve ourselves correctly. We're definitely not going to have the content of character wherein we're uh, stationed in God so that we could love others correctly. We're not going to love folk. We're just going to use folk. We're going to abuse folk. My God, misuse folk. But God has come that we might have life and life more abundantly. Love as I have loved. Amen. He loves with a love that puts him last, puts everybody first. My God. The kind of God that goes out and helps everybody else. My God. That's the kind of God I serve. Now, the heart of the great shepherd that I just mentioned is saddened by how today's spiritual sheep are scattered aimlessly due to the popular consumption of of chaff. We have to know what chaff is. Chaff scatters in the wind during the winnowing of wheat. They have all of what they picked. They chopped it, and they have to take the fork, the big pitchfork, scoop it up from the ground, throw it in the air, and the wind will take away that which is unneeded. And the weight of the wheat makes it drop back down because we want that. That's that winnowing process. We have to learn how to uh, make the devil loose his hold. There are spirits that need to loose their hold. Spirits from hell are personalities, and they will communicate their personality, convince you to perform, to think and perform thought processes and tasks, duties, even a lifestyle that they have prescribed. My God, they are mindsets. And God says we can pull down those strongholds. Those are strongholds, mental strongholds. God needs us to have them pulled down. Every argument, every philosophy from hell must be what? Pulled down. Amen. Destroy. Thank God. These spirits must be loosed. Mindsets must be loosed. They are chaff, and God needs them uh, to be blown away with his wind. Lest we be unstationed in our character, and we begin to blow with every wind and doctrine, amen, and improper biblical discretion as revealed by the Holy Spirit, amen. What is winnow? It's the separation of chaff from grain by means of a current of air. God is the air we breathe. He will breathe freshly upon us the breath of life. He will blow away that which is not stationed, not planted, not rooted, not firmly rooted and grounded in the truth. He's going to blow that mess away. But you will remain. And when the dust clears, you're going to still be standing firm in the faith, rooted and grounded in the truth. Hallelujah. This word picture that I just described can help us to understand that we cannot submit to the whims of this untoward generation and expect to move in the spirit of God at the same time as though we were sanctioned by God to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Perhaps the two most prevalent idols of this day are tolerated by church culture uh, pertain to sensuality and finances. If used properly the way God intended, blessings could be experienced as opposed to curses. The tendency and intensity to pursue after these things more than the will of God has seemingly become commonplace. 
and is causing many afflictions. But the Lord, our righteousness, can deliver us out of them all. He can and he will. We have to submit to them. We have to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because our labor in the Lord is not what? In vain. Amen? His redeeming power can prevail over the current day mindset of our culture that has been lulled into a sleepy comfort by carnal strongholds. Time for us to what? Wake up out of this stronghold sleep. Disciples must be disciplined by God's presence in their very lives. The Holy Spirit of God is prompting us to use certain disciplines that will facilitate an effective development in this season of cultivation during our 21-day consecration. We're going to come out clean on the other side. Amen. That which easily beset us will what? Beset us no more. We got to learn to decree that. Make that our holy maxim. My God, uh, waiting on our due seasons for various parts of our lives should be met with certain disciplines if we want to realize victory in those areas of our lives. We have good victory in some parts, not so good victory in other parts. And the Holy Ghost has, has shown me in these last few days meditating about this consecration, and he's instructing me. He said, you know what? A little leaven, leaven leaveneth what? The whole lump. If you're good on a lot of parts but bad on a few little parts, maybe one little part, the whole part is not good. What if I give you a kick and say, I only put a little half a teaspoon of dog feces in there. It's going to be all right. It's just a tiny little bit. Would you want that cake? Would you? No way. We can't let a little bit of sin, a little bit of, you know, deserted things that come from hell. Amen. All of that trespass kind of ground. We don't want that. We're, we're walking in the trespass zone in the desert, taking that ground and acting like we're going to get a good crop from that ground. That soil is not good. We need to go into the fertile ground of where Jesus is. and He will sprout up some good fruit. Amen. He needs us to get out of that hellish ground. It's not going to help us. It's going to produce fruit that's wild. And when you bite on it, the prophets of old said, you bite on it and your teeth are set on edge. My God, we need to prevail in the good fruit of God. The ongoing spiritual disciplines needed in the process of walking in the spirit to have the good fruit can be summed up into two main tasks, mortifying and fortifying. What are they? Mortifying and fortifying. Mortifying. You got to kill stuff. Loose your hold of it. Get rid of it. Throw the trash out. Throw it away. Make it have a nullified power. Mortify it. Shut its mouth. Put tape on it and put them in the corner forever. Mortify it. And we also need to fortify, strengthen. Amen. Bring something that's not there that should be there. That's what fortifying is going to do. Mortifying is some stuff that's there. It shouldn't be there. It needs to be taken away. Thank God. So we are instructed in Scripture to mortify the what? Deeds of the flesh. He didn't say mortify the flesh. He said mortify the deeds of the flesh. The flesh is going to always be with you until we are saved from the presence of sin. Then we're going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. That which was mortal will become immortal. 
We don't have to deal with our body and the chem- biochemistry and the hormones and everything, the memories and such that bring us back, my God. We don't have to deal with that. God will take away the flesh. And in heaven, we don't have to deal with the flesh. But now we got to deal with the flesh. The flesh has deeds, effects that cause us to go through things. We must mortify the deeds. Sometimes there's a present tense in the deeds, and you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. Sometimes some things was, were, were, were done to you that should not have been done. Those are also deeds of the flesh. Bad memories need to be mortified. Hallelujah. Mortify their power. My God, we got to learn how to mortify the deeds of the flesh, past, present, and future. God will enable us to do it, but we got to walk in the eternal will of God. When you come into the eternal will of God, now you have access outside of time because we're imprisoned in time and we have limits. But in the eternal realm, God will enable us now to look in the future and he will help us now to, amen, avoid uh, things that we should avoid. He's the lamp for my feet. Every little step I take, every move I make, God is watching me. My God, and uh, a light unto my path. And I put the word of God in my heart so that he'll show me how to step and how to look ahead. God will help you to what? Look ahead. You see something coming, you can avoid that. Sometimes the Christian life is evasive maneuvers, getting out of the way. Amen? We have to learn how to do that. Sometimes it's not a time to speak up. Evasive maneuvers. Be subject to God. Keep our mouth shut and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen? (laughs) Watch him work. Other times he'll say, speak right on up. Don't let your what good be evil spoken of. Sometimes you do have to talk. Amen? God will show us how to do it. He's instructing us on how to mortify the deeds of the flesh. Romans 8.13 in the King James Version. Romans 8.13. It says, for if ye live after the flesh, do what the flesh says, do what it does, you know, be what the flesh is. You're going to what? Ye shall die. You shall die. There's a way out before it happens. You shall die. You keep doing it. You're going to die. But God will help you to say, you know, I quit. In the middle of the word iniquity, you see something in there is a phrase that says, I quit. You can quit before the end. You shall die, but you don't have to die. You can get out of that mess. I want God to help me get out of that mess. We don't have to live after the flesh and die. It says here, see the big butt. That's why Christians need a big butt, a Holy Ghost butt. But... If ye, through the Holy Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall what? Live. He calls it the body. It's really the flesh. It's defining what the flesh is. It's everything, all the proclivities, biochemically speaking and such, memories, everything, who we are, who we are in connection with, all of that. Amen. Hookie and everybody, twice removed, thrice removed, whoever they are, attached to you. Six degrees of separation. Some folk you don't know, they affected what you're going through too. We must mortify all the things, seen and unseen, every deed. 
of the flesh. That's why you don't need to be going into stuff. There's some parts of it you don't even know of. There's power there you don't even know of. But we think we can handle it. Oh, I can manage this. I could do this and this and that and get right on out of it. Then 10 days later, you're still doing it. And, and sorry you got into it. But there's a way out. Colossians 3, 5, and 6. King James. It says, mortify, therefore, your members. It means the parts of your body of who you are chemicals and such. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. And here they are. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection. That means, you know, sexual weirdness. Inordinate. It's not the order of things in heaven. We have affections in an inordinate way. Evil concupiscence. Having a mind set on evil things. My God, you see things in an, with an evil perspective. Your conscience is just about seared. My God, covetousness, want what everybody got. My God, which is what all of that is idolatry. There's a demon attached to all of them. I told you the devil has personalities. And he's trying to be like the Godhead. One God in what? Three persons. That's why, you know, these people with the, the polytheistic folk, they think they have so many gods and we only have one God. Wow, you guys don't have a, a, a much fun like us. We have everything taken care of. Look at all the deities we got. Those are not deities. Those are demonic personalities. They are strongholds. They are outside the will of God. God ordered the universe. The devil uh, defied the ordering. You are now a recipient of the personalities who are rebels against the will of God. Hallelujah. My God. God says in verse 6, For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of what? Disobedience. You are against the covenantal will of God. When drawing near to the uh, Lord, our righteousness, Jehovah Sitkanu, we must remember that two things. The flesh is not to be changed or trained. It's supposed to be decommissioned. So let that soak in. We're fighting a losing battle. We're going in with our flesh, fighting flesh with flesh. We're not ever going to win. Sometimes we deal with our own proclivities in a fleshly way. I'll just cut. I'll just turn it off. I'll just, I just won't look. I just won't listen. Oh, I'll just cut half my stomach out. You know? We still have the personality there to eat 20 sandwiches. We're just going to do it with half a stomach. And then we're going to regurgitate because a half a stomach can't deal with it. We're still going to be trying to shove it in there. We need to change who we are spiritually so. God needs to come in and change the content of your character. Empty your vessel. Clean it out. Fill it back up with the good stuff and seal it till the day of redemption. That's what God needs to do. That's the decommissioning process. My God. He, he doesn't just say, try to change it. Try to train it. No. Decommission it. Here's the other thing. We must walk in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You're going to do something. We're born to worship. You're going to worship something. People don't call it worship, but that's what it is. 
You know, they're going against what God said. We don't assemble together. We don't fellowship. Uh, we don't have, you know, where we have accountability in the holy way of God, building each other up in the most holy faith. We don't want anybody telling us anything. Don't judge me. We want to be free to do whatever we want to do. People are more Buddhist than they know. That's one of the most tolerable religions. They let you do whatever. And the Hindus, too. They, they are tolerable. Even their God has many, 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 many heads. Many, 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 many arms. You could do it however you want. We don't practice Hinduism the way you practice two feet away. And Christians are bringing that idolatry right in the house of God. It's relative to each his own. That's how you interpret the scripture. That is not how I interpret the scripture. But there's only one interpretation of the scripture. We got to learn how to interpret it correctly. Thank you, Lord. Some of y'all going to get mad at me, but I'm reading about the resurrection of Christ. And watch, y'all going to get mad at me, getting ready to stone me. If you read my, uh, you in the Bible reading plan, I wrote a note in there. I even put it on Facebook. Amen. I put a lot of my notes on Facebook from the desk of the pastor. Jesus said, uh, they were telling him, give us a sign. Give us a sign. He said, no, the only sign you're going to get is the sign of Jonah. That's what I'm going to have. And so Jesus said, just like Jonah was in the belly of the fish, three days and what? Three nights. I'm going to be in the ground. What? Three days and three nights. He didn't say one and a half. Three days and three nights. You know, all of what he created in the universe hinges on him keeping his word. And the word will not, amen, return what? Void. He was in the ground. We just put the dates wrong so we can make it fit to what some Catholic pope said. We want to make it fit so that we can open up the sinews now that we could bring in paganism into the house of God. There's a way to bring the paganism in if you change the core of, of, of all the uh, old landmarks. The old landmarks are stationed a certain way. We're going to move the landmarks. Move them. Wednesday through the Sabbath, the first Sabbath, because there were a few Sabbaths between the Passover uh, and Pentecost. There were seven of them, but the first Sabbath, right there, that's when he rose. Amen. So it was more like Wednesday through Saturday, and he was already risen. And then they came the day after in Mark 1. You will see, Mark 16, sorry, you will see how after the Sabbath they came the next morning, and he was already gone. The angel was there. The stone had already been rolled. he gone. But people want to say it happened one and a half days. But we're discounting what our own Messiah said about himself when he brought the Old Testament into the New Testament and told those Pharisaic, my God, grammarians of whose he is. They just want him to prove what he's saying for right hand right now, not just prove who he is. He said, I am the king of kings, the ruler of the universe. They don't want to receive him like that. But that's who he is. And uh, you know what? He rose. Do we celebrate that he rose? Yes, we do. Do we celebrate it on Sunday? Yeah, we could do that. It, we know it already happened. Amen. Do, do, am I saying we got to worship on Saturday? No, I'm not saying that. But we got to let the word stay the way it is. 
Stop changing. Even on stuff like that, we change the word. And you know they're going to change the word on itsy little, little things. They call them gray areas. It's not in the word, so I could do it. God is forgiving. Everything was on the cross, and God will forgive me. But God is saying, I'm still the if-then God because I'm righteous, because I'm, I'm holy. Thank you, Lord. God is righteous and, is, and he's holy. You, you can successfully mortify the deeds of the flesh if you use the word correctly the way it is. Don't change it. Change the way you are doing things to fit to the word. Don't make the word fit to what you're doing because everybody doing everything however they want to do it. You can successfully mortify the deeds of the flesh. People aren't successful in mortifying the deeds of the flesh because we're doing things outside the word of God. By applying the specific spiritual disciplines that our Lord himself lived by, we will succeed in the ongoing life process of mortifying the deeds of the flesh, thus maximizing our right to live the effective and fruitful life Jesus exemplified for us. We're going to stop right here. I feel him saying cut off right here. There's certain things we got to do. God's going to show us specific things we need to do to avoid sins of omission. Because if you omit things, my God, there's detriment waiting for us because we're outside of the protective will of God. There are certain things we need to stop doing to avoid sins of what? Commission. We commit things, certain things we need to stop doing. My God. So God has a green light and a red light. Green light, you can go do these things, you know, with vigor, spiritual vigor. Maintain it. Keep your lamp trending, burning. Go ahead. Be happy in Jesus. Then there's other things. Nope. Red light. Thank God. These are the mortifiers. See? The red light, that's the mortifiers. We're going to get into that. You know some stuff you need to stop doing. And God gives us tools in the spiritual world to help us stop doing certain things. And we're going through a what? 21-day consecration. And that's one of the mortifying tools in the spiritual world called what? Fasting. There's a such thing as solitude and shh, silence. So you can hear God. He has a still small voice. He told the parents of John the baptizer. He told the father when he was in there in the Holy of Holies, he was whispering, call him John. And he's going to be different. And he told him about the prophetic life. He's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost inside the womb. He told him all that. Whispered it in. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't screaming, hitting the tambourine and clapping real loud and a, the siren of the organ going on and on. No, it was quiet. People don't understand the quietness of God. You get to a prayer mode. You get to that point with the rocket ship of prayer, then you're in the quietness of a gravity-free space. Then it's like, God is God, and there's no one like him. He will show you of yourself. Sometimes people don't want to. The closer you get to the Holy of Holies, people don't want to go there because he keeps revealing you. Because you got to take things off, mortify the deeds of the flesh. He's stripping you in the spirit. People want strip tease? Yeah, there's strip tease in the Holy Ghost. He's making you strip of things. And when you get into the Holy of Holies, you spiritually naked now. You expose everything about you 
People don't want that because they want to hold on to things. No, I'm trying to hide that, Lord. Not going over there. What happened to Adam and Eve when they sinned? They found out they sinned. They started covering up. Covering up. But God showed them a picture in their covering up. They had to use fig leaves. He said, no, here is the first uh, sacrifice. Something had to die to pay for that sin. And the animal lost its life. And they used the skin of the animal to cover themselves up, to cover up sin. That's what it is. God wants to cover our sin with the blood of Jesus. And all of us are unqualified. Short talk I had in the long talk I had with God in the last few hours before coming here today. He said, yes, none of you are qualified to stand before me, sing before me. You are sinful, born and shaped in iniquity. My God, and your best righteousness is as a what? Filthy rag. People are beside themselves. They are thinking they have arrived. And I hear a lot of leaders in Christendom saying this in their spirit. Don't judge me. But the word of God is still going to judge you. And I'm going to speak the truth. I don't care if I don't have any friends. God is going to judge you. And when you preach the word correctly, God's judgment comes through like a whirlwind, a mighty rushing wind, and knocking down things that are not stationed in his holiness. My God, who shall be able to what? Stand. God is getting us ready for the great day. Who shall be able to stand? He's given us 21 days. There are proclivities in us that are trying to prevail, but we got to go a different way. Stop trying to get different results doing the same thing. My God, that's lunacy. We got to do something different, you know. Paul said everything's lawful, but not everything is what? Expedient, right? There's some stuff I do you can't do. I'm talking about Holy Ghost stuff. Hallelujah, God. And he was sitting in one place with one accord. Father God, we thank you. Our minds are connected by your spirit. We want to be right. We're entering into this threshold of our consecration, and may we walk in and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, my God, and there's going to be life and life more abundantly, a Holy Ghost victorious kind of life. We know you're able, God. Save us from ourselves. Change us for the better. If you find any inclination in me, that's wrong. Lord, maybe it was developed because of dysfunction that happened when I was a child. My God, when we were children. My God, let's go way back. The Holy Ghost will go way back and look back in the prophetic. And God will now, amen, make you get healed correctly. Some bones healed incorrectly is going to have to break them. And amen, and make them heal right. Break them, it means break the tie that binds you, and that's a stronghold, God's going to say to that stronghold, be loosed in Jesus' name. Loose that person and let them go in Jesus' name. I'm going to heal them correctly. They're going to think the way they should think, talk the way they should talk, act the way they ought to act, do what they ought to do, walk how they ought to walk in Jesus' matchless name. You're able, let your perfect will from glory now, oh God, be the preeminent thing that is now a new construction in me. Come in and do a new work, oh God. Open the closet and let all the evil stuff go away, oh God, stuff that caused me to not amen do the right thing think wrong about myself lord i can't even take care of my body right because i'm doing it wrong help me to modify the deeds of the flesh stuff was done to me 
We are victims on some stuff. Sometimes we're the author of it because the devil convinced us to be the author of confusion. But Lord, I want, it, I want your authorship to come in. The author of my holy faith. Come on in, Lord. Help me speak as the oracles of God. Holy ways shall come now. I will decree, declare. I will define the way, hallelujah, the Holy Ghost wants me to do it. In Jesus' matchless name, we touch and agree on it, Lord. Let us walk through this threshold with expectation that God's going to do what we could never do. He's going to change us for the better. And that which, amen, easily beset us will what, church? Beset us no more. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Claim it right here and right now. Give God a praise of proclaiming it. Give God a praise of decreeing and declaring it. Redefining, a redefining praise. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you. Thank you.